You know, Halloween is a very strange holiday. Personally, I don't understand it. Oh, kids worshiping ghosts, pretending to be devils. Oh, things on TV that are completely inappropriate for younger viewers. Things like the following half hour. Oh, nothing seems to bother my kids, but tonight's show, which I totally wash my hands of, is really scary. So if you have sensitive children, maybe you should tuck them into bed early tonight instead of writing us angry letters tomorrow. Thanks for your attention. They say many years ago, a happy family was camping in the winding woods of Kalos. A man and his wife, their children, a boy and a girl, and their little pet, Esper. What their names were, no one recalls, but the Esper's nickname was Lespi, which in the Colossian language means the spy. The father was a tired office worker, and he longed to feel the forest primeval around him, and to share his love of nature with his wife and children, who were too accustomed to their soft lives of luxury in the city. Lespie hated it from the moment they arrived, and would close its eyes when it came out of the tents, as though it was afraid of what it might see in the gloom of the forest. Much to the father's delight, however, his children loved the forest. They hiked the trails, they fished the ponds, they made bonfires and told stories, much like we're doing now. The boy in particular would say queer things. He claimed the forest called to him, and he wanted to play in the forest. When the boy would act this way, Lespie would mew and hug his leg trying to keep him in place. But even in the secluded woods, his parents could not keep watch on him all day and night, and they simply thought Lespie was being fussy that Lespie simply wanted to go home to its comfy bed. One night, the mother awoke, startled by the sound of a boy in the woods. Come play with me, it seemed to say. Please, I'm scared. The mother went outside, looked around, saw nothing, and decided it was simply her sleep-addled mind playing tricks on her. She went back into the tent, kissed her daughter on the forehead, and when she went to kiss her son, her face went white. The boy was gone. The father and daughter awoke at the mother's wails of fear and worry. They didn't even bother to put on shoes or warm clothing as they grabbed a light and searched as far as they dared to go into the dark of the forest. Play with me, the boy's voice said once again. This time, they all heard it. The girl cried. The father steeled himself. But the mother only moved toward the sound, determined to find her boy. They found faint footprints in the leafage on the ground and they desperately followed it to an open clearing. It was the only place in the forest where the moonlight could filter in, and they found Lespie sitting against a tree, eyes wide, staring straight ahead, as it always did. 
but there was a fear in its eyes the family had never seen before. Lesbi pointed directly ahead, where it stared. The family turned to look, and saw a single phantom looking back at them. It disappeared into the gloom of the forest, as the all-too-familiar voice of their boy said, Play with me. The family fell to their knees and cried. But Lesbi could only stare. Welcome, friends, to the Earl Dex Pokemon Podcast, a podcast that asks, if this Pokemon were real, where might I find it in the real world? What would its moveset and ability be in the wild? Does its data even make sense? I am your host, Geo, and in answering these questions, we'll be discussing the real-life plants, animals, myths, legends, people, things, and even foods that inspired the Pokemon we know and love. It should be noted that we will be using data coming from the core series of games almost exclusively, venturing into the anime, spin-off games, or manga only when absolutely necessary to fill in some blanks, if at all. I would also like to state before we continue that today's episode features my attempts at pronouncing French and Gaelic words. While I am an intermediate francophone at best, and have a great deal of love for Ireland, which I long to return to at some point. I must apologize in advance for any horrid mispronunciations on my part. If you'll forgive me that, then I would gladly present to you our sixth episode, in which we'll be wandering into the dense forest of the winding woods of Kalos, as we keep a lookout for malevolent spirits, and things that go bump in the night. Namely, Numbers 709, and 710 in the Pokedex, Phantom and Trevenant. Since their official debut in Pokemon X and Y alongside Pumpkaboo and Gorgeist, Phantom and Trevenant have been mainstays in Halloween-related Pokemon events, products, and specials. They are, altogether, the first grass-ghost types, and very specifically convey the feeling of a haunted forest. They are further distinguished by the fact that they were the first official Pokémon to be designed by a Westerner, British game designer James Turner, who helped design several Pokémon, including Golet and Golurk, Poipole and Naganadale, and Sinistee and Poltegeist, among others. Unfortunately, his Pokémon designing days seemed to be over, as earlier this year, June 2022, Turner left Game Freak to form his own game studio, All Possible Futures. Still, his legacy is most certainly secure, as Phantom and Trevenant continue to have a spike in popularity every spooky season. We wish him only the best of all possible futures as we dive into the first of his official Pokémon designs, as might be fitting for the first ghost type featured on this podcast, the mysterious nature of Phantom in particular is such that Pokedex entries on it conflict with each other almost directly, making it hard to know if it is friendly or malicious. Because of this, 
we'll have to create two entirely different amalgamated dex entries for Phantom. Phantump, the Stump Pokemon. These Pokemon are created when unknown spirits possess rotten tree stumps. They prefer to live in abandoned forests, and their cries sound like eerie screams. According to legend, medicine to cure any illness can be made by plucking the green leaves on its head, brewing them, and boiling down the liquid. Phantump, the Stump Pokemon. According to old tales, these Pokemon are stumps possessed by the spirits of children who died while lost in the forest. By imitating the voice of a child, it lures people deep in the forest, getting them lost among the trees while trying to make friends with them. A cure-all can be made from an infusion of its green leaves. As the first Pokémon featured on this podcast based largely around folklore, myth, and legend, the Dex entry has little to say about its place in the natural world, and instead contents itself with telling conflicting legends. While certainly creepy in their own ways, you can see very clearly that, taking information directly from all the core game Dex entries, there is enough data to create two very different amalgamated Dex entries. The first paints the picture of some sort of mildly malevolent spirit who really just wants to be left alone. It cries in eerie screams, keeps to abandoned forests, and possesses rotten tree stumps. The second is a more tragic creature, the spirit of a dead child or children possessing a tree stump in the forest they died in. They seek friendship from the living and in so doing unwittingly draw in unwary persons to their doom in the forest. The only thing the two Dex entries really agree on is that some kind of miracle cure can be made from the leaves on Phantom's head, although they differ slightly in the method of preparation and delivery. Despite their elusive nature, the Dex can also tell us that Phantom are roughly 1 foot 4.4 meters tall, and weigh about 15.4 pounds, 7 kilograms. The idea that a ghost weighs anything at all tickles me greatly, so we're going to assume for the moment that those 15.4 pounds, or 7 kilograms, are all the stump of wood. Presuming we're measuring phantom from ghost tail to leaf tips, the stump part of phantom looks to be roughly 8 by 8 by 8 inches in a cylindrical shape rather than a perfect cube although it also has those neat little branch horns on either side that probably add up to a volume altogether slightly larger than a perfect 8x8x8-inch cube anyhow. Still, presuming that those dimensions are roughly accurate, and that the stump of the tree is some kind of oak wood, we could estimate the stump would weigh roughly 13.33 pounds, 6.21 kilograms, off by barely a single pound, or half kilogram. But again, taking into account that those branch horns probably make the total volume greater than a perfect 8x8x8 cube, Phantom's weight does indeed seem to be entirely in the stump, and not at all in the ghost portion. Phantom, 
Trevenant, the Elder Tree Pokemon. It is feared as a ghost of the forest, and uses its roots as a nervous system to control trees in the forest at will. It is kind to the Pokemon that reside in its body, but will trap people who harm the forest, so they can never leave. It is said to devour anyone daring to ravage the forest. Lumberjacks bring along fire types which Trevenant hates when they enter the forest, though a deadly curse falls upon anyone cutting down trees and forests where Trevenant dwell. While we don't have enough conflicting information to make two entirely different dex entries like we did with Phantom, rumors about Trevenant continue to abound, with somewhat conflicting stories being told about what horrors might befall those who run afoul of the Elder Tree Pokémon. Does it trap people in the forest so they can never leave? Does it devour those who dare harm the forest? Or does it simply lay a deadly curse on them? I suppose being devoured would mean that you could never leave the forest, so those two, at least, are not mutually exclusive. And bestowing a deadly curse comes immediately after the idea that lumberjacks bring fire-type Pokémon along with them for protection. So it could be that cursing enemies is a last resort when it can't ensnare enemies of the forest. Regardless, Trevenant is always able to control the trees of the forest and is kind to the Pokémon that live within. At 4 foot 11, 1.5 meters tall, Trevenant isn't exactly the largest tree in the forest, so if any Pokémon actually do make their homes within its bark and branches, they would have to be incredibly small. As some of the smallest Pokémon in the world, at 4 inches or 0.1 meter, it seems possible Joltik, Cutiefly, and Flabebe might make their homes in Trevenant especially Cutifly, since, even fully evolved, Ribombi is still only 8 inches, 0.2 meters tall. Speaking of 8 inch, 0.2 meter tall Pokémon, Burmy, Fungus, Moralol, Applin, and Rookidy could also potentially make their homes in a Trevenant, before moving to larger, less animate trees upon evolution. As Trevenant is a lot more tree than Phantom was, and a much more irregular shape, it is significantly more difficult to calculate its weight with any degree of accuracy. But we can say fairly definitively that the Dex's estimation of its weight at 156.5 pounds, 71 kilograms, is quite low. Just measuring the main trunk of Trevenant's body, I estimate its dimensions at 59 by 14 by 14 inches. And again, assuming the wood is some kind of oak, would put the trunk alone at 301 pounds, 140 kilograms. Just about twice the weight given by the Pokedex. However, Trevenant is pretty clearly hollow on the inside where the ghost portion of it resides. So if that removes roughly half its mass, it looks like the dimensions could work out after all. Assuming once again that ghosts don't weigh anything. Phantom and Trevenant 
are obviously not modeled on any real-life creatures, but a combination of two distinct parts, the ghost and the tree it inhabits. This is somewhat similar to the dryads and hamadryads of Greek mythology, as they were essentially nature deities who lived within the trees, were bound to the trees, or were a hybrid tree-spirit, or tree-human creature, depending on who you asked. In all cases, they were largely docile and friendly to the creatures of the forest, and are frequently used to convey elegance and grace. Although a few fantasy settings have made dryads and hamadryads into something more sinister, such as the Spriggans of Skyrim, Phantom is very specifically either an unknown spirit or the spirit of a deceased child, and Trevenant is much more openly hostile to enemies of the forest. So we may have to rule dryads and hamadryads out of contention for now. While we're on the subject of spirits, we can turn our lens to the Kodama Yokai of Japan, spirits who inhabit trees. The Kodama certainly seem to be a bit more in line with the hostile aspects of Trevenant, as they curse those who attempt to cut them down with misfortune. However, the Kodama are not so much the protectors of their forests, so much as they ask for protection from the humans in the area where they reside. Indeed, it is the responsibility of the elders of any given village to know which trees house Kodama and protect them by placing Shimanawa around them, a rice straw or hemp rope of particular significance in the Shinto religion. The Kodama are also thought to be mountain tree spirits specifically, as they are generally thought to be responsible for the echo when you shout way up in the mountains, a phenomenon the Japanese call Yamabiko, which literally translates to echo. That also has a slightly closer connection to Phantom's propensity for calling out in a child's voice to lure people deeper into the forest. And yet, while there are some similarities, and perhaps even genuine inspiration taken from the Kodama, there is still too much difference between them and the way Phantom and Trevenant are described in the decks. While perhaps not as specific, it seems that Phantom and Trevenant are less meant to be direct analogues of any specific existing legends, and more broadly based on the concept of a haunted forest in general. Both Pokémon exhibit very familiar ghost story tropes. In Phantom, we see the child ghost that doesn't know it's dead, and in Trevenant, we see the spiteful ghost who tries to keep people away. Both of them borrow the motif of the haunted forest, but they are not nature deities or spirits. They are specifically the souls of the dead who have possessed a stump or a tree. If that is the case, then I believe Phantom is more likely to be the souls of lost and dead children which has simultaneously upsetting and, bizarrely, heartwarming implications. A Pokémon trainer who captures a phantom has essentially captured the spirit of a child and makes it fight against Pokémon. While the video games may be little more than fight simulators, the idea that Pokémon are friends with which humans develop strong bonds is present in every aspect of the Pokémon franchise. And so I would say that there really is a strange sweetness in that a Pokemon trainer caring for a phantom is comforting the soul of a fallen child. This sweetness 
turns horrific again when you consider that Phantump evolves into Trevenant when traded away. A Revenant, which forms part of Trevenant's name, is a vengeful spirit returning from death to exact revenge on the party who wronged them. So if a traded Phantump becomes a Trevenant, one could infer that it is because the trust Phantump had in its original trainer is broken, and it has evolved into something horrifying and malicious. In that sense, it may be best, certainly more ethical, never to evolve your Phantom. If you really must have a Trevenant, it seems better to simply go into a haunted forest and catch one already evolved in the wild. From the Isla de Muñecas, the island of dolls in Mexico, to the Black Forest of Germany, all the way to Aokigahara, the fabled suicide forest of Japan, the world has no shortage of haunted forests. In fact, I go hiking in one nearly every week. While Waco, Texas is the site of its fair share of infamous happenings, Cameron Park is regarded as one of the most haunted forests in Texas. The Witch's Castle is an old ruin in the heart of the forest, where it is said an old witch would steal away children in the 1800s. The people of Waco tore down the house, but its remains are still covered in graffiti to this day, and it looks no less unsettling for it. Run a bit further, and you'll find Lover's Leap, where the daughter of a Huaco Indian chief and an Apache brave flung themselves to their deaths rather than be torn apart by their feuding tribes. And on your way back to your car, you'll probably drive by Jacob's Ladder, a steep stairway that features a ghost with a predilection for grabbing at people to try and pull them down. Of course, every city or town in the world is likely to have its own folk tales, so looking for a specific haunted forest doesn't seem like a great way to narrow it down. Instead, let's look at the specific wood Phantom and Trevenant seem to be made of. If you've ever seen an old dead oak tree, I think you would agree that Trevenant is exactly that. And as many animals like to make deadwood oak trees their homes, it even rings true to the Pokedex entries. Probably due to their height, it is said that oak trees are more likely to be struck by lightning than any other tree, with Michael Ferber in the Cambridge University Press's A Dictionary of Literary Symbols 2nd Edition stating that a study had shown oaks were more likely to be struck by lightning than other trees of the same height. Perhaps it is the propensity for getting zapped and therefore becoming standing dead wood that causes ghosts to inhabit them and become Trevenant. Interestingly though, Phantom and Trevenant's shiny forms hint at a second kind of tree, the birch tree with its distinctive gray bark and red autumnal leaves. In fact, Birch trees have special religious significance to various Celtic cultures, where it symbolizes growth, stability, and renewal. They are associated with Tir Nanog in Irish mythology, the Celtic Otherworld, and frequently appear in various British and Gaelic folk songs and ballads. So, if we're looking for the abode of the ghost tree Pokémon, 
We'll need to figure out where we would find both oak and birch trees growing side by side. While oak trees can be found in cool, temperate zones and in the tropics, birch trees are native exclusively to the northern hemisphere, so that's where we'll have to look. I'll spare you the individual details, and instead focus only on where the two overlap. If you want to find a phantom or trevenant in real life, you'd have to visit one of the most haunted forests of the northern United States and southern Canada, western, southern, and central Europe, southern Scandinavia, western Russia, Turkey, Azerbaijan, and northern Iran, and east and central Asia. Folklore is a curious thing. It is not science. Unlike the diet of a sea turtle, or the habits of crocodilians, I can't say with a high degree of certainty that I have recounted all of these myths and legends exactly as they were believed, or told. They are filled with contradictions, as generations of people change stories to fit the sensibilities of their times, decide to retell their stories from a different perspective, or simply misremember them. Think how many different tellings of Dracula exist today, and how a folklorist 2,000 years in the future might be completely vexed trying to decide what we actually believed about Dracula and where the legend might have come from. And so, I can fully admit that every story told on today's podcast was cherry-picked by me, from dozens of conflicting accounts in order to tell a few cohesive narratives. It's what storytellers do, after all. And with that, we can move on to seeing what kinds of phantasmagoric abilities and moves Phantom and Trevenant might use in real life. Phantom and Trevenant present us with three options to consider in terms of abilities. Natural Cure, Frisk, and Harvest. Uniquely among the Pokémon we've catalogued so far, Trevenant can potentially be made without ever having been Phantump, if a spirit were to possess a tree rather than a stump. So we will consider Phantump and Trevenant's abilities separately. Phantump seems an easy pick, with the only point on which its various dex entries can agree upon being that some form of cure-all can be made from the leaves on its head. It seems only right that Phantom should have natural cure in the wild, so that it can cure any status effects immediately upon leaving combat. Since it is not explicitly stated that Trevenant's leaves have the same abilities, and because from what we can infer, evolving into Trevenant is a terrible process, we'll select a different ability for the adult Trevenant. Frisk allows the Pokémon to identify what an opponent is holding, while Harvest allows Trevenant to use multiple berries. Both could be the effects of Trevenant's ability to control the trees around it. It could be easy for Trevenant to frisk an opponent, or replenish its berry supply in combat, if the trees around it are the ones assisting it in this. However, if we can only choose one, I would choose Harvest. Pokémon in the wild don't always hold items, and while in the games, Harvest only allows you to reuse a berry your Pokémon has already eaten, in real life, Trevenant could conceivably harvest any berry that happens to be in that part of the forest. A useful talent 
to be sure. Moving on to their moveset, we start with Phantump. Phantump will have the oddest moveset we've given to a Pokémon in this podcast. Unlike the other Pokémon based on real plants and animals, Phantump doesn't eat, or sleep, or require protection. It is essentially a lost and potentially frightened ghost, inhabiting a dead stump. As such, Phantump's natural moveset is less focused on surviving in the wild, or caring for its young, or even protecting itself, and more informed by its nature as a lost soul. The first move will be Will-O-Wisp. This move is based on various folklores, and is variously called a jack-o'-lantern, a spook light, or a ghost light. It is seen by travelers at night, especially in bogs and marshes, and is believed to draw people into the dark to their doom, much like Phantump does by accident, when it tries to make friends. Next, we'll take Phantump's signature move, Forest's Curse, which grants an opponent an additional grass type. We could see this as Phantom attempting to make friends with passers-by by making them more like itself, a grass type. We'll round out the last two move slots with Destiny Bond and Confuse Ray. Much like with Forest Curse, Destiny Bond can be seen as Phantom trying to get close to an opponent rather than necessarily trying to harm it, and Confuse Ray provides it with a non-violent way to defend itself when it feels threatened. Will-O-Wisp, Forest's Curse, Destiny Bond, and Confuse Ray means that Wild Phantump have no direct way to harm an enemy, and I think that's perfect for the lost soul of an unfortunate and probably frightened child. While not exactly malicious, Trevenant is much more willing to commit violence in defense of the forest and offer protection to the Pokémon who make their home in it, so we'll see a significantly more aggressive moveset here. I've never been a big fan of the move Horn Leech, as I feel it just doesn't make any sense. Why would a Pokémon use its horns to drain HP away from an opponent and heal itself? And how is doing so with horns a grass-type move? The true answer is that the developers wanted to give Sawsbuck a cool signature move. But if you ask me, Trevenant makes far more sense with it. As Trevenant's horns are made of wood, its grass typing makes much more sense, and draining the life force of an opponent is a very ghostly thing to do. So giving Trevenant Horn Leech is a no-brainer. The Dex also states that it controls the trees around it through its roots, so we'll give Trevenant Ingrain as well. In the games, Ingrain allows Trevenant to heal itself little by little over time, but it still works thematically alongside what we know about Trevenant. The last bits of information we have on Trevenant are how it traps, devours, or curses those who try to harm the forest. Destiny Bond again seems like the perfect companion, taking your opponent with you to the grave is 100% the vengeful Trevenant's style. And for a final move, we have Curse, which cuts Trevenant's HP in half to lay a curse on the opponent that does significant damage each turn. Taken all together, Trevenant's battle strategy is oddly cohesive, 
It uses Ingrain to provide itself with steady HP regeneration. Uses Curse to cut its HP in half and deal massive damage each turn. A combination of the berries provided by Harvest and the life-draining powers of Hornleech to recover from the curse. And if all else fails, Destiny Bond to ensure it takes its opponent with it. And finally, we've come to the end of the road. At least for this podcast. It's time to see what the Earldax has to say about Phantom and Trevenant, now that we've done our best to sort through the folklore, myths, and legends surrounding this eerie pair. Phantump, the Stump Pokemon. Phantump are created when the lost souls of children possess a stump in the forest. While they can appear frightening, they are quite docile and only seek to make friends. Even when threatened, they avoid direct confrontation, preferring to ward away enemies using Will-O-Wisps and Confused Rays. Trevenant, the Elder Tree Pokemon. Though they are kind to Pokemon living in its forest, Trevenant are known to be hostile and vengeful to any that would harm its forest. By controlling the trees with its roots, it is able to defend its area well. But even when defeated, Trevenant uses Curse and Destiny Bond to ensure its enemies fall with it. And with that, we've told our last story of the day. I hope you had as much fun listening to the various myths and legends as I had putting it all together, and maybe gained an appreciation for Phantom and Trevenant in the process. Fourteen down, somewhere in the vicinity of 900 more to go. I have been your host, Geo, and next time on the program, we'll trade today's haunted forests for a slightly more ethereal one, as we venture to Alola to discuss numbers 755 and 756 in the Pokedex. Morilol and Shinotic. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>